Welcome back to show 112 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. Today's show is with Kaylee. She is the owner of Heritage Baby, a baby wearing brand here in Canada. Welcome back to the Cloth Diaper Podcast, where you normally listen to stories about cloth diapering from parents who cloth diaper. And Kaylee is a cloth diapering parent, but she's also a business owner, a small business owner in the baby wearing space and the baby space, which is kind of a crazy space. Kaylee and I talk about a lot of different conversations. And honestly, today's podcast is less about cloth diapering and more about motherhood, parenting, business ownership, and everything kind of in between. If you're here looking for a cloth diaper specific episode, this is not it. This is, this is not it. Um... I really don't know what to say about this podcast. I edited the show before I even came here to record the introduction, and I'm not quite sure I can give you a sum of our conversation. Besides the fact that if you've been around here for four years, I think you'll really enjoy this. I really enjoyed listening to this conversation again. We kind of talk about what it's like starting small businesses, what it's like, you know, defending and creating our values as business owners, what it's like as parents in the cloth diapering space. And we definitely end the show talking about that like cultural village information that is lost and needed uh, in our spaces. This show might not be related to cloth diapering, but it is a fantastic show. My name is Bailey. I host the Cloth Diaper Podcast. If this is your first time here, typically shows are related to cloth diapering. You can find more information about the Cloth Diaper Podcast on our social media channels at www.clothdiaperpodcast.com. I'm currently trying to slow down this summer as I transition into business ownership. I now own a brick and mortar online website called nestandsprout.ca where I sell maternity clothes, baby gifts, cloth diapers, and everything else. It's been kind of a challenging transition as I navigate wearing way too many hats, but we are figuring it out. I'm also taking time to enjoy the summer, which I hope that you do too. You know, um, not every season of our life has to be busy. And sometimes the summer months mean that we show up online a little less or a little more differently. If you would love to be on the Cloth Hyper Podcast, I hope that this will be a show we can continue into the fall as we continue to bring you stories from incredible people who have something to share with the Cloth Diaper community. So enjoy this conversation. Kaylee Medeiros from Heritage Baby. Give me an introduction. Who are you? Like, what's your little bit of your life entry to where you got today? Yeah. So I'm Kaylee. I live in Ontario, Canada. I am north of the city um, in a little suburb that I love <laughs> and live here with my husband and our two kids and our two dogs. Oh. Uh, we have lots of family close by too, which is really, really amazing. We love our life here. Um, you got double the trouble. Two do- I also have the two dogs, two kids and a husband. Yeah. My dog the, the dogs are bigger than the kids. So it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you started a company Heritage Baby. Heritage Baby Designs. Yeah. So that was born. So my son was born in 2017. Um, okay. And I always knew that I wanted to be an attached parent. And I, at the time, I didn't even know what attachment parenting was. I wouldn't even classify myself as a full-fledged attached parent now. Um, but I just would see people walking around 
not often, as many of us can attest to, um, but, you know, on TV and in media. And I told someone on another podcast I recorded, my grandmother always had National Geographic. She was a collector. And there were always the most beautiful, amazing pictures of communities wearing their babies. Oh. And I used to look at that. That's so smart. It just felt so smart to me because babies can't walk, right? We're all on the mm-hmm. same page. And I can't. So <laughs> I, and I can mobilize um, in a way that a baby cannot. And so why not strap that baby to me so I can keep up my mobility <laughs> and have my autonomy in my hands all while this little human can nap and suckle and just be happy and cozy and warm. Um, and that's all it was for me. It wasn't anything too much deeper than that, but I always knew I wanted to be part of that. And so when I was pregnant with my son, I bought a ring sling, a stretch wrap, a soft structured carrier and a woven wrap. Did the whole shebang. I just went big. I just went, you go bigger. You, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I dove in and Then he was born the first day of his life. I think he was 18 hours old. I had him in a stretch wrap and walking around the hospital. And I remember the nurses being, look at you go. (laughs) I said, I want to go for a walk. And now I don't have, I'm weak. You know, I just had 25 hours of labor. I'm not very strong. Here's the best way I think I can go about getting this walk in. And that's, he was already in me. I got this. <laughs> yeah. You go. My, uh, I had a really amazing doula who yeah. showed us how to rap. And so I also have like images of my husband. I, I was not the one who was carrying him, but my husband in a Moby yeah. walking around the house. Cause we, we got to go home really quickly uh, with just like this little is baby. And it's just like the best moment. And he yeah. is just so full of joy too. Yeah. Cause he got to like, snuggle right up in there yeah and so I loved it I was hooked from that moment on um I was absolutely hooked and then I got into my first ring sling probably he was about two months old he started getting uh a little bit chunky for the stretch wrap and the stretch wrap was you know its own another brand um very lightweight and so by the time he was getting up to that 15 pound mark I started having too much sagging in the stretch wrap it's for just my- not it's not fun anymore. <laughs> it's not fun anymore. My shoulders were hurting. Um, so I decided to get into my ring sling and I cried and I cried and I cried because I couldn't get it right. And then finally days later got it right and was hooked. I was hooked. That was it. I was a ring slinger for life. And you never looked at the rest of your stash yeah. again. <laughs> I, so we're campers. We like to go outside. We like to hike. And so soft structured mm-hmm. carrier, we have um, a hiking backpack, like a heavy duty one mm-hmm. with the, the bars. Um, I have a couple of made eyes. I have, I, think, I really have tried so many carriers and I still just always, always come back to the ring sling. Mm-hmm. So I wanted a second one and I talked my husband into buying me one from uh, buying me one. I bought it for myself um, for Mother's Day. And then I wanted another one and then another one and then another one. And, and I thought, you know what, let me try and make one. So I'm on the turn. <laughs> I, I laugh because I think a secret, my my audience doesn't know me before, before cloth diapering right. or before this podcast started. I was, I was, a, an, I was a collector and I owned a very large stash, yeah. but I never got to that point. Yeah. Where I, you were like, I'm just gonna make one. Well, yeah. Um, I like to think myself as relatively thrifty. Oh. Uh, so for me, it was, I can't keep buying these. Like I have mm. to try to make one. 
And so I started just reading about the safety and the logistics and the this and the that and the measurements. And I had this really dusted, busted, crusted sewing machine that had been handed down to me as a 1970s like pocket machine. So they're teeny tiny. I think you could set one down on your laptop and your laptop would be larger than the footprint of this machine. It was okay. And you're going to make a baby carrier yeah. <laughs> with this pocket so My first sling on that and I botched it. It was awful. I still have it. There are, the seams are disgusting. The tension on the thread is all off. It's in multiple pieces. So there's only a very small portion. That's one piece of fabric, um, which is key to the safety of the carrier. <laughs> is it being mm-hmm. one piece of fabric? And this one is not, um, but I made it work. And then I wrote down, all of the mistakes I made and then made another one perfectly. And then when I made it, I thought I can do this. Like, this is fun. I like this. I can do this. <laughs> and then I think probably in the span of two weeks, Heritage Baby was born. And I, was, I mean, uh, when people have an idea, yeah, sometimes they just, they just go for it. Right. And so what you're like, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2018, 2018 launching heritage baby months old and i was so i was eight months into my my 12 month long maternity leave and i started at a brand and then i went back to work four months later what's your day job like what kind of industry are you in i'm in um quick service food and so i so it's not even kind of related (laughs) only in the sense that my job is an operations manager and a business coach so i I help franchise owners run their business oh, okay. so from that perspective i have some oh. experience but um in like the baby industry no <laughs> the baby industry <laughs> and the baby industry is its entirely um beast yes uh what what you are a beautiful black woman opening a beautiful business in a white baby industry in canada what was that experience like for you I didn't think of it when I, when I entered the space, except to think that, so I was um, really, really aware of who I was shopping from when I got my ring slings. Uh So, you know, uh, I, my first ring sling was from True North and absolutely adore the brand. Love what she stands for. Canadian brand. I was very. um, Yeah. Actually, I just wrote that down. I was like, oh, I know that brand name. Yep. I wanted to make sure that I was supporting Canadian brand. And even when I went for my second ring sling, same. Um, And so, you know, I knew there was a handful of Canadian sling brands, but I wanted to also support a black owned brand or an indigenous owned brand if I could find. And that's where it was starting to get more difficult. And that's, I think when I decided to start the business was like, I can be this pocket. Like I can be the brand when people are looking for, a Canadian black owned baby wearing brand, I can fill that niche. The brand has grown to be more than that. More That's more than what I represent. But the fact that I can fill that bucket, I'm not filling the bucket. Let's be honest. I like, I'm the first drop in the bucket. Um, but that makes me happy. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, um, but it wasn't top of mind when I started okay. the brand in a large way, um, but definitely have learned very much that it's been dominated Yes. Hey. And even if like we look at cloth diapering, which is what my podcast is typically about, there is not much when it comes to diversity within the Canadian market. Mm-hmm. We, 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 little helpers. Kaylee mm-hmm. reminded me of little helpers, which 
I don't know why it spaced my brain. Um, They're local to me. Like it. Oh, uh, Muhammad yeah. would be local. Okay. Very local. I think he's 20 minutes away from my house. <laughs> We're both north of the city. <laughs> oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. So it'd be very local. It's a little helper. But otherwise, the cloth diapering market is super white. And in the United States, we're seeing this uprising. Uprising is not the right word, but we're seeing a lot of growth. <laughs> like, uh, I'm following too much Canadian politics right now. Uh, like everywhere. Aren't we all? <laughs> how can we, I have this, I don't even know where I'm going with this and I'm mumbling now, but how can we support Black parents in eco-conscious spaces? Because there is underrepresentation, at least mm-hmm. in, in my sphere, in cloth diapering, probably in baby wearing. Mm-hmm. I think kind of that I keep seeing is, um, oh, it's kind of twofold. I think that there are people who are really angry and I want to validate that that anger comes from absolute trauma and having grown up through the nineties and the early two thousands of, of just not there, there not being a lot of conversation about how to include diversity, how to include eco-consciousness, and then how to like marry those two together. Um, And so I think a lot of new parents are being thrust all of this at once. Um, And so I think just being a little bit more sympathetic to what parents are going through, especially on the other end of this pandemic, like we could not have expected these two years of our lives. Um, So parents are dealing with a lot. Um, I think I hear a lot of um, privilege being thrown about too. I've seen, I've seen things on TikTok where people are like, you can only cloth diaper because you're privileged and you have money. And that's just not true. Um, and I think that notion comes from the fact that it's this white dominated, it has become this white dominated industry cloth. It's diaper. so, it's so just a phone call with another mm-hmm. brand out of California. And she was like the opposite experience, you know, mm-hmm. white women don't want a cloth diaper because they only see it as poor. And so we have what are two very separate dichotomies yes. shaming people and preventing anybody from. That's exactly it, it is literally people on one side of this, of this argument saying, you can only cloth diaper if you have money because they're so expensive to get up started. And then there's the other side who's like, are you poor? And like shaming people for not being wealthy. You can only put your baby in diapers that you can't even throw away. Like, ew, that's not it either. (laughs) I just, I live in a very middle-class household. We did cloth diapers with both of our kids. And I promise you one of the leading factors for me was that I didn't want to be buying diapers on a regular basis. So I was like, this is ridiculous. I I mean, and that, the monetization of mommy wars though, like getting yes. us to yes. be in this conflict mm-hmm. is what marketing has done for yes. decades and thrived on when you and I came up in diaper, uh, mm-hmm. in motherhood. 2015, mm-hmm. I think is when that, um, formula ad went out that everybody was like raving broke apart mommy wars, but actually when they received their award, it was yeah. encouraging this dichotomy yeah. of mommy wars was the entire intent, which just mm-hmm. supported us for the next five, seven years to be yeah. trying to figure out what the hell we're doing. Um, so yeah. where do we go from there, Kaylee? What, <laughs> what, how do we kind of break down that? Understanding why people live in those mindsets. Mm-hmm. And then... I don't know. How do I encourage people to 
to be more diverse is just to be more aware. Your money talks, you know, where you spend your dollar matters. And I know sometimes it's easy to talk yourself into thinking, well, I'm just one person. It's not going to make a difference. But for that small business that you're supporting, it does make a difference. And for, you know, that statistic that exists that, that starts to say, oh, well, this many black businesses are thriving. That statistic matters to the community. So, um, yeah, your one purchase, your, your one piece of interaction does matter. It matters a ton. And I, I think this is a, probably a really great tangent into about something I've seen from your business is living your values. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all the business owners listening, because my, this show is this, my audience is weird. But like sometimes people are joining us because they're learning, they want to learn how to cloth diaper, yeah. but sometimes it's the cloth diaper industry tuning in to learn how to run their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the values there, your money talks. So you need to be supporting brands that have these strong values, but sometimes we're scared about owning our values and getting um, shamed on the internet again. Mm-hmm. What has that journey been like for you in owning your values and just being open about it? And what would you say to other business owners about navigating that world? I think at the beginning, I was really afraid of speaking my mind on whatever XYZ topics. And then realized that the thing that people were drawn to about my business is that they knew who I was. And I actually once had a woman who I shared, shared something um, about my life. And so I don't know what I, re- I don't remember what I shared, but I shared some news, an update. And she messaged me and said, I feel like I'm your friend. I'm all the way in LA. We're so far apart. I'm just so happy for you because I feel like I know you. I feel like we're friends, even though we don't talk every day because of the way that you share yourself in this space. And that message, first of all, I screenshot it and save it forever. Um, but that's the sentiment that I get from a lot of people who follow me. And I people who follow me who say, you know, I have grown children. I, I don't have grandkids yet. I just love following you because I like what you stand for and what you say. And I think it's really thought provoking. And one day I'll be a grandma. And so I want to make sure that I, I'm in the loop. <laughs> so, oh, beautiful. Like, yeah, what? I, I actually get so many grandma messages and they give me life. <laughs> I love, grandmas. I love yeah, that. Okay. I feel like I'm missing out on a tapped audience. Okay. Yeah, I love Find the grandmas. Yeah. I'm going to write this down. Um, um, yeah, being think- authentic. But do you think that's been a barrier? Like, has, no. has that prevented you? from success at all? Absolutely not. I was thinking about this last night. I was going to bed because somebody had posted, they had to post this big announcement that they were, they weren't feeling well and that people need to treat them with respect in their digital space. I have honestly can truly say that in the three and a half years we've been in business, I've never once had to remind someone that I'm human Mm -hmm. because I just remind them every day. I show them every day that I am a person behind this brand. It's just me in my kitchen at my table typing on Instagram. It's not a bot or this big planned out, you know, extravaganza. Um, I'm really authentic, which I mean, I think a marketer would look at my page and say that it's messy maybe because it's just authentically me. It's my scattered brain. It's my values. It's I refuse to hide that from anybody. And so I think what happens in turn is my customer, my audience know who they're dealing with. They know they're dealing with a person. They know they're dealing with a mom of two young kids 
also navigating a pandemic and navigating new parenthood and figuring out how to be happily married and stay connected with my family and walk my dogs. And like, <laughs> they see it all, but then also where I sit politically and where I sit, you know, with how I think things are shaping up in the world. I also don't make it a large focus of my platform because I sell carriers. I don't mm-hmm. sell political views. No one should disclaimer. Um, yes, <laughs> like, that's fair. Yeah, yes. But that's not what I'm about. Um, and so if anybody doesn't like what I have to say, I find that my audience just quietly leaves mm-hmm. and that's I'm good with that. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> You know, I'm really, I mean, that's, it really, it really is fine when people, yeah. Um, I did have one person once tell me, you know, I purchased a sling from you, but I'd like to return it because I don't support your political views. And, and I replied with, here's my address because frankly, I don't, I, the person I want walking around in my slings are going to be the people that share morals and values the same as mine. And I don't want to say that, that we have to be identical in our thoughts. And I love a good heavy debate every now and again. And I love to be challenged in my thinking, but I want my brand to represent the brand's core values, no matter who is wearing. Yeah. Yeah. All the I time. Just, sorry. I like, I I'm quiet because I, it's like, it's, it's exact that I have had, it's been a wild couple yeah. months, weeks for yeah. Canadians. And in my mm-hmm. personal life, mm-hmm. this has resulted in, I have lost a lot of friends because I drew some clear lines with what my mm-hmm. morals were. Um, but at the end of the day, I want people who have my book or my product who are wearing it. We yeah. don't have to politically align at all. Yeah. And I don't, we've never have, but I have a, strong core value that this is what I want to stick to. That's exactly. Um, And and when we're afraid of articulating that in our business, like I said, sorry, it was like the shiver of, okay, well, if I don't articulate my value in my business and somebody is out there, yeah, with my product, Ooh, that doesn't feel, doesn't jive with me at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. You know, you see Sarah on the corner you know, and you're, she's wearing this sling and you're like, Oh my God, that looks so cool. And I really like Sarah. I like what she stands for. I like what she believes in. I like the way that she interacts with her kids. I want to find out what she's wearing because I trust her. Mm-hmm. And that's how the culture well, that's... builds. That's how it swells into being this community that honestly, my online community are the best. Uh, that- uh, that, that I just went to a, I am, my day job is kind of in public relations and social mm-hmm. medias. And that was what, uh, that's the conclusion of the last webinar I went to was that authenticity and who we are mm-hmm. as spokespeople is the biggest trust that we can have in all forms of communication, whether we're selling stuff yeah. or we're selling ideas or we're, oh, that doesn't sound, but we're sharing ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Digging up propaganda. <laughs> I mean, people do. That's how how they sell propaganda is through authenticity, though, or perceived authenticity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Those are like some big moments. And everything that I also really resonate with about how I feel I want to prepare on the internet and how other law businesses, uh, living your values 
it can feel, I would also find that I can feel scary, but I find that every time like I draw those lines, people tend to show themselves out quietly yeah. and it's not intimidating. And if they yeah. do decide to make noise about it, usually my audience or somebody's audience comes in and is like, you're being silly. Like just show yourself the door. Like <laughs> it's not that hard. It's 2022 on the internet. We can just disappear. But you know what? Today is also pink bullying day. Maybe is. this is a totally, and I, what I was thinking about posting on my personal feed was about mm-hmm. bullying on the internet. And, and this was something that the cloth diaper industry has is not a question that I prepped you for at all. I'm kind of just winging it, Kaylee. Um, okay. As a mom who grew up on the internet and grew mm-hmm. up in the baby wearing industry and in the cloth diapering space, do you have like, did you navigate any bullying? No. Did you experience that at all? No, not on social media. I've had a couple of customers come into my emails and be pretty nasty. Mm. I had one um, really intense situation last year that lasted all of two days. It was very short, but she insisted that that I didn't send her carrier because I was trying to pocket her money, which I have no interest in ruining my business because... Uh, like by stealing someone's money, no interest. I'm also just not in it for the money. Spoiler. I'm not currently making money for myself personally. (laughs) Come on, Kaylee, you are allowed to earn a livable wage. You are worth money, girl. I just also am a believer of building it authentically and slowly. I'm not interested in owning this space of baby wearing. And so that means that like, my business keeps stays is very healthy financially. I'm just, it's not paying my bills. That's all. <laughs> That's okay because I don't need it to. And it, I, we have purposely structured it. Thusly. Okay. I was um, like, you're allowed to not go into debt because that's a whole no, other conversation no. in the cloth diaper industry yes, where people, whole, they, women, women are really good at doing that. They're really good though of giving of themselves and yeah. being like, I'm doing this. I need to, I just need to do this. It's my purpose in life. And then they don't get paid or they go into yeah. debt for it. And remember, oh, I am a business coach. <laughs> I am an operations manager. So no, I, I'm not in bed. Don't, uh, I'm healthy and safe. I'm good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't lead with this. Yeah. No. I remember that. I should remember that. Yes. But this woman just was insistent that I was stealing her money. I'm like, I'm not stealing. I, it well, does not I, uh, I'm glad then that you haven't dealt yeah. with a lot You're of that. I, it can happen. Well, she, got, she got really upset with me. She didn't pay for track shipping, which is big bolded everywhere on my site. She's all the way in Southern uh, California. I'm in Ontario, Canada. When I tell you that is the longest distance a sling has traveled from my home <laughs> and she got untracked. And so I told her once it's out of my hands, it gets scanned once and then it goes to your door. Whatever happens in between, girl, I can't help you. And she started calling UPS me. could be anywhere. She was threatening something else. So someone that I follow got caught wind of this and found her and said, you need to leave my friend alone because she's hard. Like stood up for me and was like, you can't talk to people like that. Um, and then this customer decided to find out where my friend lives and sent her a death threat and a death threat upon her children. We had to get the police involved and do a full background check. And she was served a cease and desist over a baby carrier, which by the way, got delivered to her home and she never returned to me. So I mean, 
Well, I think this is a good segue into a question I had originally written out, which is, yeah, yeah baby wearing postpartum is crazy. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> so- I mean, on one, on one side, I am a little bit like, ah. On the other side, I'm also like, this woman probably just had a baby and is severely unsupported and needs some yes. love in her life. Yes. Because yeah. I have also been there and early on in my cloth diapering career, I was a mean girl on the internet. And uh, looking back at that five, seven years <laughs> later, like, girl, somebody love this woman. She needed some love. Yeah. Baby wearing. I was a baby wearer. Doesn't mean it fixes everything. But how, how have you found that baby wearing supports women through motherhood and through that postpartum and loving themselves? And I think the thing that we've lost a lot with baby wearing, and I will talk about it till I'm blue in the face, is that um, we don't have the same community as I think was intentionally planned for baby wearing. So okay. I think that when you look at baby wearing in Native communities, and indigenous communities, what you see isn't one mother and one baby. What you see are groups of women. You see aunts and cousins and grandmothers and mothers and their children all together. They're preparing food, they're gathering supplies, they're learning, they're dancing, they're, they're doing everything. All parts of their day are just existing with baby wearing as part of their existence. Baby wearing here in North America, or I would dare say in the Western world, is and I baby wear. I'm cooking and I baby wear. I'm doing the laundry and I'm wearing my baby. It's not just existing with baby wearing. Also, you're doing all these things solo. You're in your home alone, not literally in a silo, but very close to literally in these silos. And it's not a community event anymore. So we're lacking so much of the education around baby wearing. It's coming from a screen. It's coming from reading literature, um, seeing it in the media, as opposed to just seeing it in your real life. I use the analogy on another interview I did where um, I posted a picture of some food. It was some Jamaican food that my grandmother used to make for me all the time. And I cooked it. Um, and somebody messaged me and was like, what's the recipe? And I went, oh, I can't do that. I don't know what the recipe is. My grandma cooked it. My mom cooked it. And I cooked it. And I grew up watching it being cooked, participating in the cooking. And now I can cook it for myself. Do not ask me how to make it. I could talk you through it. It won't sound like it makes sense. And then it'll come out tasting right if I make it. Feels like and me I- and my corn chowder. <laughs> <laughs> I think baby wearing is a lot like that, where if you're raised around it, you were worn yourself, you wore your sibling, you wore a cousin, you wore a friend's baby, and then you had your own kids, and then you wear your baby. No one ever had to formally teach you how to do that thing. Yeah, we apply the, we can apply this entire analogy also to cloth diapering. Yes. We, we would have all been diapering our children and, mm-hmm. or there would have been even a community, community, like but just, it would have been way more everything. Parenting yeah. really would have been way yeah. more communal. And I, I just, I was late because I was on a call with a brand and they were talking about how in the last five years, they've suddenly gotten all these, um, messages and emails about things that they're like, these are incredibly personal messages. Mm. And I was like, 
yeah, I think a lot of it is women, families, parents, none of us, we, we don't have that community to go to. Like, where would we even, we don't know where to even ask that question in a safe place. And so they've identified you as a safe place yeah. to ask this question about potty training that you didn't yeah. know that you needed to now support them with. And it's, yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I too get some messages. Some, I, they're usually um, people saying thank you for this amazing carrier and this community that you've created because you know, I come here because it's safe. It feels safe. It feels good. It feels like I can ask a question and get an answer from, you know, someone who's also just been through the thick of parenthood because God, (laughs) some days, some days are a breeze, right? Some days you go to bed and you lay your head down on your pillow and you're like, what a fun freaking day that was. It was great. My kids were awesome. And then there are days where you lay your head down on your pillow and you're like, please, just let me sleep so I can do this crap all over again tomorrow. <laughs> like, you know, don't let me relive this. I'm really yeah, to my I dreams. Know, this is just is what it is. Um, and sometimes you just need somebody to, you know, commiserate with that also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and recognize yes. We can, and you can love your kids as much as, you know, as much as one does and still have a day where you want to chuck them for a minute. <laughs> just sometimes it's a hard morning exactly it really is and um where do we even this feels like we tangented but that's fine yeah. um just a, yeah a i mean and so okay so but we don't have those communities anymore we don't we we've come such a far way away from those communities um and that's something that i try to be cognizant of every time I post everything that I say about baby wearing is centered around that. And I think the safety, and I'm sure you see this in cloth diapering a lot. We get a lot of questions about the safety and is this actually going to be good for my baby? Does this cause hip dysplasia? Does this, is my baby going to fall out? Is nobody, nobody in an indigenous community anywhere in the world is, is thinking that. No, I can't guarantee that. I can't speak for them. But I'm going to venture a, a pretty, pretty strong guess. That they that wrap is- them into uh, their boards. They're not worried about displeasure. No. They're-, they're not worried about those things because they've seen generation after generation after generation successfully do like practice this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something in North America that we focus really heavily on. And I think that the rules and regulations and certifications and boards are necessary. I also think it's really important to remember that baby wearing was born from a piece of fabric and someone's body. Mm-hmm. That's it. It wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't buckles. It wasn't this or that. It wasn't rings even. It was a piece of fabric. A bed sheet can do if you're <laughs> in a bench, you know, as long as you know the basics and you can tap into that instinct of like, does my baby feel safe, look safe, sound safe? Yeah. Yeah, right. And I think the same goes for cloth diapering. It's really mm-hmm. a lot of instincts, instincts and in troubleshooting your wash routine, instincts. Yeah. And that's um, really parenting across the board. Yeah, like, I read something recently that said human beings are um, have been domesticated. And I was like, oh my God, yes, <laughs> we have been domesticated. I think about it so much now when I watch my two-year-old, yeah. she like flies off the handle because her brother tried to hand her something that she didn't want. I'm like, why are you like this? I said, well, 
because you're less, you are more tapped into your true humanity than I am. I have lived over 30 years on this planet being domesticated, being taught to only say certain things when I'm out of the house, being taught to always mind my P's and Q's, being taught to stand upright and you know, present oh, yeah. yourself. <laughs> she hasn't been. She's like free. Uh, yeah. It's about <laughs> trying to raise little children that yeah. you want to both decolonize, but also be right. polite and like, not assholes. Like, <laughs> no, but yeah, it's like how how do we bridge that? And I, but I think some of what we've lost in this domestication is that instinct. It's harder for mm-hmm. us if you're not training your body to tap into that instinct and then listen to it and reap the benefits of the reward of that, then yeah, you're gonna stop falling back on it mm-hmm. more and more. And then it, your fallback is going to be, well, let me Google that. Mm-hmm. Our instinct is turned into the Google at our fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the ask in a large Facebook group and get super overwhelmed. Oh my God. Google. Yeah. Uh, like, listen to me now. Stop doing that. Stop <laughs> doing that. Please. Stop open forum, asking questions to groups of people who are waiting to throw stones. Oh, yes. And one something I know, I, I, maybe I probably don't say it here enough on the podcast, but I say a lot in my DMs is, yeah, find that, find somebody, find one person, just like a brand, a retailer, an influencer that you feel safe with and ask them your wash routine, your baby, whatever. They'll point you in the right direction. They'll tell you if you don't need it, but they won't give you 28 hate or ideas or push yeah. things on you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's, there's more than one way to do so many things. Oh, like I said, you know, baby wearing is such, is this large industry, but also this wide varied practice. I love ring slings. That's how I wear my babies. It doesn't mean that someone walking around in an ergo is my nemesis. <laughs> we're doing the same thing. <laughs> we're not. Yeah, we're not. I, I liked ring slinging until about eight months there you go. and then I was a wrap. Yeah. I have a, I have a five and an eight that I really love that I have yeah. uh, spent a lot of money on and they're in the freezer for my grandchildren because they're yeah. made of wool. Um, mm-hmm. But I was a rapper. I I mean, knowingly, my gra- my children will hate wraps. And so I will just have these beautiful pieces of fabric that right. I will turn into pillows in 20 yep. years. Yep. <laughs> and I can't, I can't wrap. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn how to use a wrap. And then I threw it on the ground. I was like, I'm never doing this. <laughs> Oh, I love, yeah, I love rap. I, it was, it was a slippery slope into learning about textiles um, yes. and everything after that. And I think this conversation, I just wrote down, I writing down weird notes that I'll never yeah. look at, but uh, about trusting your instincts really goes back to also this conversation about our business and our values mm-hmm. and f- sharing your values I find is instinct. Yeah. You instinctually want to do it. It feels authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and trust that in your business as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's like thinking about, oh, you also, um, you're, we had that little money conversation. I also, earning money in this business doesn't feel good to me. I find ways to balance the books and that's about it. And that feels good to me. Mm-hmm. That's my instinct right now. Um, yeah. One day it pays off. I'll get there when I get there. That's just it. It will. And you know, if you're, you're, tending to your books and you're managing your business, it's, you're, it's going to work out. You're going to find your way. Obviously don't make 
you know, too many mistakes on repeat. And like you said, find that one person you trust. I have a bookkeeper yeah. that I love and I trust. And I refer and the bookkeeper to- might not like me this year, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. We're- yeah. She's, she's a little annoyed with me this year too, but, um, but I love her. Um, you know, I, I, anything I have questions about, I go to other business owners. I am very good friends with, um, other baby wearing brands as well, because I like to compare, you know, should I be making money? Am I doing something wrong? You know, help me, um, to see if I've made a mistake. I'm new to this. So someone's going to know better than me and that's okay. I actually want to. Yeah. And they'll find people who are, are willing and more than excited to be a mentor and guide you in that. And the cloth diaper industry, we're building an industry association right now. We're having Mm. these networking meetings and it's so amazing to see, yeah, these women mentor each other, share shipping profiles, uh, oh provide their experiences <laughs> on different crazy things. Yeah. I was just like shipping profiles. Why are you guys doing that? And then they were explaining it to me and I was like, Oh, that no, is yeah, terrifying. Yeah. I'm going to stay in education. <laughs> don't physically sell things. <laughs> if people want to catch up with you, Kaylee, follow this beautiful community, follow your journey. Where can we find you on the web? Where can we shop with Heritage Baby? I am Heritage Baby Designs. Um, I'm going to say on all social media platforms, but it's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Okay. That's where you can find me. And then the website is heritagebaby.ca heritagebaby.ca okay cool you're on tiktok i'm like i'm gonna go find you on tiktok okay the thing that i think i I see from you a lot is combating the this net zero notion that you have to be all cloth diapers or all disposable which is just bogus obviously not um (laughs) bogus is the best word i could think of but you know, I grew as, up in such a wild time, like 20, okay. So my first baby was 2015. Your first baby was 2017. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> we were dealing with some shit. <laughs> wild West of parenting on the internet. Yeah. People were so like, if you touch that disposable diaper, you're no longer invited in this community. Yeah. It was, and the baby wearing community would be the same with strollers. Yes. Don't buy strollers. I want everyone to hear this loud and clear. I cloth diapers, my cloth diapered both of my babies. Yes, they were early potty trainers. My one still likes to pee on the floor and play in pee puddles. What can you do? These things happen. And then um, she wears disposable pull-ups every single day to daycare and at night. And anytime we left the house, we ditched disposables because we were fighting. If I'm being honest, my husband and I would get like, you didn't change the diaper quick enough. And then you didn't do this. And we forgot a pair of clothes and we forgot to bring a disposable just in case grandma was going to change it. So you know what we did for the peace of our family? Disposables when we were out of the house and cloth at home. And it's our belief that even that though, we were buying maybe a box of disposables once a quarter like that's, that's such a massive, massive difference from full-time disposable use. Is it like on your pocketbook, on the earth, on your kid's skin, all these, it's just little things. Also, we felt we could afford buying the disposables that aligned with our values. (laughs) If we're only buying one quarter versus buying them on a regular basis, we're, we're penny pinching. Right. And I own multiple baby carriers. We've heard how many. I also own three strollers and a wagon. It's a problem. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's not all or nothing. I laugh because I also owned four yeah. strollers and a wagon. Yeah. <laughs> also, neither of my kids even sits in a stroller anymore. They both just walk. <laughs> There's a really important place for strollers. Actually, you know what? The wagon, I probably... The wagon is a game changer. Oh, the wagon. When we hit, when we hit both kids in the wagon, it, it completely transformed our lives. Like going to the park. Yep. I no longer felt like a pack mule. It was amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's about finding that balance. You know, baby wearing was really great until I felt like a pack mule. And then, and then I had to say, you know what? I think our time has ended. Exactly. I want this to be a, a positive relationship, not a negative one. Yeah. And as soon as it encroaches on negative, you got to reevaluate and be like, hey, time to move on. So this is my journey. I just want to say we align on that. Discard the net zero. This, this notion of all or nothing. Discard that. <laughs> it's over. We're done. It's not all or nothing. And I, with all my hope, I think we are seeing that emerging across the parenting industry right now in 2022. And as long as women and men and whoever is raising children finds that message that we're sharing right now, great things are going to come. Great things are. Yeah. It was fantastic to get to chat with you, Kaylee. Um, What an honor. Uh, Thank you for taking the hour out of your day today to share this with me. Um, I,